I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello friends, I hope you're very well. This isn't the actual podcast yet, as you probably gathered, because it's a weird different start. Um, Just jumping on, it's just me, Dave, here. Um, Just jumping on to say, I'm sure by now you'll all have heard the very, very sad news about the passing of James Michael Tyler, who played Gunther in Friends, of course. Uh, This is just really a note to say that we recorded this week's episode before we heard that news, so it isn't referenced in this week's podcast, but just wanted to... Um, let you know that A, we recorded it before we heard, we're not just completely ignoring it, and B, we're going to um, hopefully this week just do a little bonus 10 minute mini ep um, talking about our favourite Gunther moments that'll be out on Thursday all being well, Thursday or Friday um, once we get a chance to just get together and have a little chat about um, James Michael Tyler and what a great contributor he was to friends. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, please enjoy this week's episode um, as much as you can, given the circumstances. And uh, yes, we will speak to you later on in the week. Thanks. Bye now. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. <laughs> Hello and welcome to what is the penultimate episode of this series of Friends with Friends. Uh, that was a nice noise. <laughs> I'm Pete and here's Dave. Uh, I mean, ahoy hoy. Uh, oh yeah, penultimate. That is sad, isn't it? What month is it now? What day is it? What, what, what year is it? it? We're mid to late October, aren't we? Sure, sure, sure. Oh, it's Halloween next weekend, isn't it? So we've got another one post-Halloween. You know how around Halloween... People try to make things that aren't scary a, a little bit spooky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How how do we do that with the podcast? You know how like people bring out a range of chocolate and it'll be like spooky eyeballs yeah. or something. <laughs> friends with friends. Yeah, okay, that works. Yeah, uh, we can do all this next week. Let's let's save up. You know, let's keep our powder dry, as it were. Yeah. Uh, actually, I tell you what. At the end of this episode, we'll have a better clearer idea of how we can make it Halloween themed because we'll know what next week's episode is, you know? I already know what next week's is. I know, but and... don't don't give it away. Is it a Halloween okay. episode? No. Oh, shit, that would have been good, wouldn't it? But, um, anyway, we'll... Uh, we'll <laughs> you thought, wait, of a, we'll you thought of a pun on it, haven't you? That's a yeah, Halloween yeah, pun. Yeah. I knew it. I could... I could well, sense... I just... There was, there was a way I was going to tie in Halloween. <laughs> I could sense the glee in your voice then when you were like, oh, I can't wait to say this later. Wait till you hear this. <laughs> no, you've really built it up now. It's not like... I've not, like, got a really funny joke lined up. 
please make sure you listen to the end because Pete has maybe the funniest <laughs> joke he's ever told in his life lined it's up. It's so spooky. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot wait. This is going to be the absolute peak of Halloween-based humour. Mm. Um, in the meanwhile, in the meanwhile, in the meantime, should we do this week's uh, episode? Which comes from Martin. Martin. Not very many spooky ways of saying the word Martin, are there? But there you go. It's not a very spooky name, is it? No, it's not very spooky. Sorry, Martin, I'm sorry if you... This is news to you, but your name's not that spooky. (laughs) Sure you're livid. Sure you're gutted. Uh, Martin says, hello, big fan of Friends with Friends. Been listening since the first one. It says, yes, the abbreviation of choice. Uh, I'd like to request Tau, the breast milk, the one with the breast milk. It has my favourite sketch where Joey sat at the kitchen counter and Chandler sliding drinks to him and the whole ombre for men bit is very funny. Uh, As I'm fairly old and watched all of these the first time round, this and the Monica cheating on Rachel with Julie bits made me fall in love with the show, the way they used to use old tropes in a new way by flipping them around. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we? And, and there are like three or maybe four in this episode. They really hammer them in uh, in the setup, don't they? Uh, the plot of the episode is named after sort of funny in the way that I love Susan taking the piss out of Ross. God, me and Martin are like kindred spirits. All the things he's written so far is basically what I've been writing in my notes. Exciting. I can't wait to meet Martin. Uh, during lockdown i visited my office regularly on wednesday so the show has given me something to look forward to on the commute oh that's nice thanks martin i don't know why i just said i can't wait to meet martin like every time you get a request on we do a sort of (laughs) (laughs) yeah we take them for dinner yeah we do (laughs) (laughs) it's a very formal uh system we have here i actually live with uh one of our requesters like they have a new flatmate and then like dave dave struck up really close friendships with a few requesters yeah it's great that's very funny that is very funny well maybe we should introduce that for next season pete maybe there should be like a, a a a proper prize for getting your request on that's not just getting your request on I'm not sure we could commit to taking anyone for dinner only because to make it convenient for us it'd have to be in sort of Peterborough we'll order you a delivery yeah well, that feels we're, not, we're not doing that that we're feels A impersonal and B like we don't want this podcast to cost us money Pete it's nice that no. it basically breaks even these days but I don't think she, she, we should be in the in the red <laughs> Um, anyway, yes, there you go. Synopsis, the one with the breast milk. Uh, season two, episode two, two, two. Uh, directed by Michael, Michael Lambert. Oh, that was a guess. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely correct. Uh, or oh, spooky production code 457302. Nice. <laughs> well, it's not Halloween yet, is it? I don't know why I'm doing all the Halloween things. <laughs> no, save them for next week. Save next this gold week. for next week. Yes. Uh, synopsis as provided by our good friends at Wikipedia. NB, we don't have any friends at Wikipedia. The guys are uncomfortable by seeing Carol breastfeeding Ben. The situation is made worse by Joey and Phoebe, who taste the milk. Meanwhile, Rachel resents Monica's growing friendship with Julie, though Monica feels obligated to spend time with her brother's girlfriend. And at his department store job, Joey competes with a fellow Cologne spritzer for a beautiful colleague's affection. Um, Three fairly solid plots, actually, this, isn't it? Yeah, I thought generally that the humour of this episode sort of feels really playful and really quite young as yeah. well. Yes. Um, because it's obvious that, that like breastfeeding is new to them because none of them have families just yet. Yeah. Or also the, the way that they end up doing the whole Joey sort of standoff with his colleague thing in the Western way is quite playful in terms of like style of 
filming and comedy as well. Yeah, there's the sort of there's the argument between Rachel and Monica, but it doesn't really last very long, and and it's all done in one of those. And sort the of, argument's quite funny. Yes, exactly. It's, one, it's another of those sort of parody scenes that we talked about that Martin mentioned. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, it's I mean, it's yeah, like you say, it's quite funny. The whole thing feels like just a really good solid sitcom before anything too heavy got involved, doesn't it? Perhaps my favourite bit, which I'm going to hold my hands up and say I wouldn't have noticed, but somebody had written it on the IMDb trivia for this page, is after the theme tune, right? There's a, there's a, an establishing shot of New York. So no, absolutely normal, you know, because you're there for me too. And then there's a bit of a and a classic friend sting over a nighttime shot of New York, right? Right. Except... And I watched this back to double check. In the in the four or five seconds, for some reason, all the cars are driving backwards. Really? <laughs> They've obviously just played the film in reverse. And I don't know if it's like a practical joke or a little inside joke or just a mistake. But once you notice it, you're like, that is mad. Every, yeah, I didn't spot that at all. No, I, didn't, I absolutely didn't spot it until I sort of read it and, and went back to double check. But once you do spot it, it's kind of nuts. Everything's just going backwards. Uh, where do you want to start then? Breast milk, Monica and Julie or Joey and the Cowboys? Uh, Joey and the Cowboys. Oh, you didn't sound very convinced of that. Well, I wasn't sure because they're all they're all alright, aren't they're they? They're all solid. All right, let's do that and work our way up to breast milk, shall we? Why are they dressed in costume in a department store? Right. So, definitely something that I was interested by, and also uh, Amy, the fourth quizard, uh, in the same message that she sent the quiz this week, said, "Please ask." So, this is a bit of context needed we have an american correspondent a volunteer american correspondent that we discussed a new one on this week's uh, correspondence episode didn't we kate is already my favorite person because she got in contact with us via our facebook page oh Perhaps yeah one of the only people ever to do that uh, so she's uh, <laughs> she's she's a supporter of me trying to make the facebook page happen oh but um yeah kate basically said look i i've lived in new york i'm about the same age as the friends you know, I've lived there since the time Friends was on. And anytime you guys basically have a bit of a, is this what fucking happens in America? You can, you can give me a shout. So Kate, you are up. And it's a question from Amy. Please ask your American correspondent whether people dressed in tuxedos and cowboy outfits whose sole job is to spray cologne in a department store really do exist. Because usually, uh, in this country at least, in a department store, okay, you might have like a representative of the brand working there, but yeah. they wouldn't be in costume. They'd just be in like normal, smart department store wear. Yeah, and I'm not sure that necessarily that would be their entire job. You know, you wouldn't interview <laughs> for the job of the spritzer, would you? You'd probably just work on the, you know, the the stall or what are they called? The, you know what I mean? I feel like you'd get a, a bit of carpal tunnel syndrome from constantly spritzing all day. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I'm just not sure there's enough people interested in a spritz for you to justify a full-time wage on that position. Yeah. You know, I think. Let alone multiple people doing that job. Well, yeah, because at first, at least I wonder if um, the two different colognes had a, both hired each one. But then Joey gets switched on to Ombre. So there's then two men dressed in full cowboy outfits, which must be provided by the store, right? They've not asked them to bring their own cowboy outfit to work. And therefore, they've got two people spritzing in the same small area of a department store um, in, in these extravagant costumes. 
in competition with each other, despite the fact that they're essentially doing the same job. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange one, isn't it? And certainly, I'd, I'd say the system here more these days is just there's a sample there on, on the shelf, isn't there? Yeah. You just grab it and spritz yourself, ideally not in your own eye. I um, I ran out of aftershave and I was going out on Friday. So what I did was I've got this really nice diffuser that I am slightly obsessed with. Right. And I pulled the sticks out of the diffuser and just no. like wiped those on my neck. You didn't. I did. It's a great <laughs> diffuser. Okay. Let, first talk to me about how good a diffuser can be. Is it a specific brand? Honestly, it's the best smelling diffuser I've ever smelled. Come on, let's let's do some product placement of our own. After the apothecary table, we can do our own. Okay, so it's from Next. Okay. But not, it's, not, you know, not a place I would have gone immediately for a diffuser. You know Emma Willis off of the telly? Yeah. She has a home range at Next. And <laughs> right. there's a diffuser and a candle in it. And it's just the best smelling diffuser I've ever... And normally we'd be like, this isn't product placement. But in all seriousness, if anyone from Next does want to send me one, I, I, I will put one in every room in my home. Wow. Okay. What's it Emma Willis' home great. range called? It's just called Emma Willis. Oh, my day. I put on my Instagram story a photo of the diffuser saying that it was the best diffuser I'd ever smelled. And all the gays replied being like, where's it from? <laughs> this is quite the insight into the things that make you happy. Yeah, I'd love a good... Diff- There's a diffuser beside me right now. Actually. Well, I don't mind a diffuser. What I'm interested in is the diffuser being such qu- of such quality and also the right type of smell that it can substitute for yeah, it cologne. Smells like, it smells like great aftershave. Right, that is yeah. fascinating. Because a diffuser smell I would usually associate with something a bit more floral and home-based, you know? Mm. No, it's uh, it's it's this very. Is, this uh, is a cool smell, is it? Yeah, it's a cool smell. <laughs> cool, cool. Come over sometime, Dave, and sniff my diffuser. Well, I'm bloody ready to now. I'll go up to Rudy's Pizza and come home and sniff your <laughs> diffuser. What a night out in Leeds! Yeah, um, I recommended um, Rudy's to one of our listeners who messaged saying that they were working in Leeds. And did I recommend, uh, was there anywhere they should go for food? I said Rudy's, and she said it was a ten out of ten. Oh well, we should be getting some bloody financial rewards for this. All this stuff, the pizza joint, the diffusers, flipping Nora. Anyway, um, talking of product placement, there's some absolutely wild stuff in this episode as well. After that, not nothing on the pottery barn, but the Carol's uh, breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Carol's breast milk. Since there's been a clear range of, th- of products called Carol's breast milk. No, there's another one which we'll talk about when we get to the the relevant plot line. Fascinated by the whole system of the cowboys and because the tuxedo as well is a very bold look for somebody whose job that is just to spray you with a bit of cologne, isn't it? Are they legitimate aftershaves then? Ombre is a very generic, that's just like the word man, isn't it? So what they're saying is man for men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, Bijon for men, real. When they eventually uh, accidentally, when he sprays that, that man in the... In the eye. In the eye. And this is happening, what, within moments of the shop opening, right? Yep. So the guy goes off. Joey's finally defeated his rival. First thing he does? Leave. Takes on for coffee. Yeah. <laughs> he's been at work for less than three minutes and he's off. He's leaving work. <laughs> Literally just opened the door and he's like, fellow colleague, do you want to nip off for a coffee? Do you want to go on a date? Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the boss is otherwise occupied with Todd slash the ombre cowboy. So why wouldn't you just, as soon as your boss leaves the room, Pete, you know the rule, leave work. Yeah. Ideally, go on a date with somebody that's also at work. So you're really sticking it to the company that you work for. Um, the colleague Annabelle. I don't, have you watched a West Wing? 
You no. Also, no, okay, this is absolutely... Is she in the West Wing? Yeah, she's in the West Wing, Pete. She's in the West Wing. She plays Ainsley Haynes. Ainsley Hayes. Ainsley Harriet. Ainsley Harriet. She plays Ainsley Harriet in the West Wing. Uh, she plays Ainsley Hayes in the West Wing, which is only interesting, A, if you like the West Wing, but Ainsley Hayes, the character, is replaced uh, as the White House counsel or something by a man called Joe Quincy. Uh, and Joe Quincy is played by Matthew Perry. Oh, really? So, yeah. Matthew Perry's in the West Wing. Yeah, Matthew Perry for three or four episodes, something like that. Yeah. Oh, right. So he's not like properly in No, it. no, no. He's it's sort of late season five-ish, something like that. But yeah, he's, um, yeah. Perry's in the West Wing and he replaces Annabelle from the B. John for Men cologne store. So if that is not a friend's link, I don't know what is. Um, as Martin says, yeah, so we get a couple of these sort of parody scenes, the, the sort of tropes you recognise, the, the first one being the bar, the Western bar scene, you know, where Matthew Perry's serving, Matthew Perry, oh, it's because I've just said Matthew Perry, where Chandler's serving Joey the box of juice and sliding it across the bar and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then, really weirdly, I know it's a parody scene, but at the end when Chandler starts wiping the glass with the tea towel before he's washed it, it really rubs me up the wrong way. I felt really icky about that for some reason. Um, and then they have a duel, which is another one, you know, another one of those scenes. And we've already had one in the Rachel and Monica plotline. And then Joey and Annabelle walking off into the sunset. It's like they really thought this is going to be the episode for recycling those old tropes, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I mean by it being like really quite sort of playful in terms of how they've written it yeah it's like a series of sketches almost isn't it rather than an episode Um, and then the only other real thing to touch on before we move on is that the ombre man brackets todd blinds an old man who i'd say reacts very badly and quickly like he's he's threatening litigation within two seconds of that happening while yeah while clutching his eye which pete was closed before he got sprayed (laughs) Yes, that's true. <laughs> he closed his eye in anticipation. I presume it wasn't actual cologne in the bottle for health and safety reasons. So, presuming it's probably just water, suck it up, mate. Like, keep yeah. your eye open for the one bit of a job you've got in Friends, which is to get sprayed in the eye. He literally got sprayed over the eyelid. Just looking for a personal injury opportunity. Yeah, exactly. He was. He knew what he was doing, didn't he? And then, as you say, Joey goes on a date less than three minutes after he starts work. Uh, and that is the end of Joey and the Cowboy, I would suggest, wouldn't you? Yeah, I reckon so. Monica and Julie, is it? Yeah. I mean, I know that this is the conclusion that eventually they, they come to anyway. Yeah. But Julie is Monica's brother's girlfriend. Yeah. Very reasonable for her to get to know her. Both Rachel's behaviour and the fact that all her friends knew this would how she reacts, you know, I'd say was very over the top. But her behaviour is so unreasonable that that's what makes it funny. Like right. the what a bitch after she kindly helped yeah. to do up her apron. And then right at the end as well, when they've had that really nice sort of bonding moment and she walks off and Rachel mutters, what a manipulative bitch. Like that's that's so like obviously exaggerated level of mean. Yeah. Does she say bitch twice in this episode? Yeah, I was she just does, thinking yeah. that. What a bitch and then what a manipulative yeah. bitch at the end. Double bitch. Double bitch. Double bitch from Rachel Green. Um, yeah, I mean, her behaviour is is very unreasonable, I'd say, given the circumstance, which, like you say, is Monica is just being nice to the person that her brother is dating and seems very serious about. Love how ridiculous it all gets, though, like with Rachel being going really high-pitched with... I won't do the high-pitched attempt at it, but now, now she's actually stealing you. Oh, yeah. Now, now she's actually stealing you! Yeah. That bit. Well, it's quite Muppet-esque, <laughs> your, uh, your rendition there. 
That was quite Miss Piggy, wasn't it? Yeah, Muppets. Um, very Miss Piggy, actually. Yeah. Muppets do friends. Would watch uh, as an aside. <laughs> I would absolutely watch that. Okay, yeah. here's a good question. If the Muppets did friends and they did it like they do a lot of the films with one human character, who would the human character be? I'd like either. Do you know who actually it would be a great human in it, but he's just not in it enough. You can imagine Jack Geller being a I great I knew you were going to say Jack Geller. Yeah, yeah, but how good would he be like sitting in a, the apartment with six Muppets? Kermit and Miss Piggy would have to be Ross and Rachel, Rachel, right? Yeah, yeah. Certainly in this era, anyway. Maybe, maybe Monica and Chandler later, but they're definitely more Ross and Rachel, aren't they? There aren't many female Muppets, though, are they? We, they? we may struggle to cast this. There's basically only Miss Piggy and Camilla the Chicken. There's very yeah. few. It's very it's very um, heavily male-skewed, the Muppet world. So, mm. yeah, I think we would have to... Um, We'd have to look elsewhere. I think Rizzo would be a good Phoebe, actually. You know, if we're, we can do gender blind casting in Friends Does the Muppets. I think we've got our second potential musical here, Dave. After Ham, exclamation yeah. mark. No, Ham's the na- no, Ham is the name of a song oh. in Babe the Pig the Musical. Babe the Pig the Musical, fine. And now we've got Friends of the Muppets the Musical. Yes, yeah, so Rachel's behaviour, unreasonable. Uh, yes, that is that funny scene when, when her and Monica are sort of making up, which follows the um, sort of parody scene that Martin was referring earlier, which is basically what I would say about that scene is kind of weird pre-echoes, if that's a thing, of Ross and Rachel breaking up. I wrote that down as well. (laughs) It basically foreshadows the whole argument they have in the same room. Foreshadows is a much better way than pre-echoes. I couldn't think of what it was. uh, English literature A-level kind of. Hello. Yes, but it's the same room and Rachel's kind of acting the same as when Ross slept with another woman, isn't she here? Yeah, I think that whole scene is really well acted by... um, Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. Yeah, it's really well done, isn't it? But it is very similar. And even to the point where Monica's then on the phone to Joanna later in the office, you know? Yeah. And she's going, no, I know I did a horrible thing. It's like, you know, Ross calling the radio station, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's all There's a lot of the same stuff happening. I don't know if that was deliberate when they came back to it or not, but very interesting. Um, Julie gets called Jules by Ross in this episode. She does, yeah. Just, just noted that down because it felt weird. Uh, and she's got very short hair. Do you notice? Uh, is this pre the haircut? No, it's, it's the episode after Rachel sort of tricks Phoebe into giving her the wrong haircut. Right. Which we don't see, do we? We just see Phoebe going off and then her talking about Andy McDowell, I think it is. Hair looks nice, though. Looks oh, fine. It looks very lovely, yeah. But it's, much, it's noticeably shorter than it normally is in Friends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, this plot, Monica agrees to go to Bloomingdale's with Julie. Um, Phoebe, Phoebe trying to cover for Monica and failing absolutely miserably is a very funny sort of the classic. whole we bought bras thing yeah <laughs> we bought boobs yeah um, it's very like it felt very early friends in a really good way didn't it and then the only really other thing to, to, to flag up is where Monica says hello Jew and yes. tries to cover that she's talking to her Jewish friend in yeah. the world's most implausible cover story. She she sells it, doesn't she? She does, and Rachel buys it. And it's a yeah. again, again, it's not implausible that Monica would pick up the phone, not knowing who it is, bear in mind, and it be her brother's girlfriend. She's yes. probably fine to say, Oh hi Julie. Like Julie might be calling. Um especially in a world where Julie is comfortable enough to call the apartment where Rachel also lives, you know? I think the way Monica talks Rachel down about Julie is very, like, fair and mature. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, and, and then Rachel realises she's being a dick, really, and then, like you say, she turns around right at the edge. She, she, does, she does make her attempts, doesn't she, to be nice to Julie and to, and to sort of make peace, as it were. But then, yeah, internally we still get the what a manipulative bitch thing at the end. 
Um, which shows us she has very much not changed her mind. Shall we do the breast milk, Peter? Yeah. After some advertorials? For uh, diffusers and breast milk. Listen, listen carefully. There's two bumper episodes coming out, but that's just the hors d'oeuvre. There's eight more, Roger. Eight of them. People might hear them, Roger. I'm going to lie low. I think you should too. (laughs) Brian and Roger are back. Two brand new episodes and a whole new series wherever you get your podcasts. And see Brian and Roger live at the Menier Chocolate Factory in a whole new stage show. Check websites for ticket details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Actually, I really hope that no one's advertising breast milk on our podcast. Would they... What What? what would the advert be for? Yeah, I, I, I'm somebody selling their own breast milk. Yeah, not, not really. What? Someone farming their own breasts. Farming their own breasts. Well, do you know what? The whole breast milk conversation is interesting, isn't it? Because there seems to be this whole disgust around you know Rachel says the line something like it's that's juice squeezed from a person as if that's disgusting which you know is a fair argument on one hand but regular milk is just juice squeezed from a cow isn't it yeah <laughs> like that's it's true. no less disgusting when you think about the origin of the of the milk juice hang on though so where with the breast milk sampling yeah where are lines crossed? Because I think if, like, Carol trying her own breast milk, like, fine. I feel like that's fine. Yeah. Susan trying it is fine. Yeah. Maybe even partner trying it out of curiosity. Yeah. Kind of fine. But I personally find Phoebe and Joey trying the breast milk of a woman that they only know by association. Right. Odd. Okay, well, look, I think it's fair to say, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, that we're not the foremost experts on parenting. So, is there is there just a thing where it's like part of the thing that you have to try the milk to make sure it's fine? You know, 
you have to check the temperature after you've warmed it up, don't you? Yes, you do, but that doesn't involve testing it with your actual mouth, does it? Is no, that, is it, that it involves putting it on your arm. Right, okay. And then, so why was she testing it then? Or like dipping your finger in it. Uh, why is she licking it? Why should Five Speed be doing that? In yeah, the, first the licking, place, the licking is, is not required as a part of the, 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 the warmth test, I, I wouldn't imagine. No, that is, that is fair. Okay, that is a bit of an odd, an odd flex then, isn't it? But, but in their defence, Carol didn't seem at all bothered that Phoebe and Joey had tried the breast milk. No, in fact, she takes offence when somebody says that the idea of trying it's a bit gross. Yeah, Ross. She, she's more annoyed at Ross for not trying it, basically. Yeah. So it seems to be sort of a more accepted thing. Um, and uh, it is very in keeping, I think, in both Phoebe and Joey's characters that they would both happily try it without batting an eyelid, you know? I do like a bit of Susan and Ross competition in episodes uh, as well. It's a nice little face-off from them here. It is wonderful, isn't she? I think Susan's one of the very best characters in all of Friends and woefully underused. She's so funny. And also seems to be one of the only people that recognises that Ross's behaviour is pretty bad. Yes, and calls him out regularly on it. Yeah. Um, Some of her lines in this episode, you know, you seem surprised, don't be, I'm a lovely person. The way she delivers that is so funny. And then when when Carol says that line, you know, you think my breast milk's gross, Susan just sits back and goes, this should be fun. And it's so good. And the way she smiles when Ross, you know, tries to taste the milk, but then rubs it off with his towel immediately. She like that sort of smug. I've won superior smile. It's is great. She's she's a real uh, asset to the old friends universe. I think I get that Ross wants Joey and Chandler not to be children about it. You know when they wander off, but I'd say it's a bit of a weird step to then drag them back and force them to do a Q and A with Carol, yes, who is does. currently breastfeeding, to sort of go uh, ask her some questions about what she's doing, guys. It just it's a slightly strange way of combating that, isn't it? Ask questions in your own time. Yeah, yeah. Think of some questions and maybe ask it later. And then we can all just realise that it's absolutely fine. But yeah, this is just really a sort of insecure Ross plot line, isn't it? Like he's absolutely freaked out by the idea of trying the breast milk until he finds out that Susan has. And then he just can't not slip into sort of competition insecurity mode, can he? Like, it's unfathomable to him that he would try it until Susan says she has, in which case he's like, right, I'm doing it immediately. And he doesn't do it immediately because he's that grossed out by it. But he does. He eventually comes to it, doesn't he? Um, Product placement right at the start of this plotline, Peter, when uh, Monica comes in with the... Not only does she come in with the Nike tiny trainers for kids, but Phoebe literally says the slogan. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes, that's true. Just do it. Yeah. Hey, Ben, just do it. Like, and she gets away with it in a way that I don't think I would have noticed as a sort of kid watching this, that that was so overt product placement. But they literally bring in some Nike shoes, sneakers, sorry, Americans, trainers, we would say. Uh, and Phoebe goes, hey, Ben, just do it, and hands them to the, the baby. I do think that um, I can completely understand Monica's buying baby clothes that are probably really expensive, but buying them because they're really cute and yeah. knowing that they'll only last about three weeks. That is classic. Have you bought... Because your sister's got a baby, right? She's got two, got a three-year-old nephew and an 18-month-old niece. Three. And Have you bought either or both of them tiny lead shirts? Uh, I've bought Charlie a lead shirt, yes. It was ridiculously expensive. And grown out of within months? Do you know what he calls his shorts? What? Football trousers. <laughs> That's Love adorable. That. I would like to adopt that. Yeah, I'm going to wear some football trousers for my dog walk in the morning. Yeah. Um, lovely. Should we do a quiz? 
Uh, yeah, let's do a quiz. And uh, don't forget, guys, a quiz, which is really just the warm-up act to the best joke Pete's ever told on the podcast. Oh, no. Like, were, it's not even a joke. Which were the best joke he's ever told. Oh, quiz? Yeah. Ooh, I'm, I have to request access to it. Oh, really? I've requested access, Dave. Oh, shit. <laughs> this has never happened before. No. Hang on, let me try it. Unable to access... To, have you blocked me? Oh, no, I've got to request it as well. Oh, no. We're both requesting access from Amy. Oh, no, do we not have a quiz unless she instantly <laughs> lets us have it? I'm saying requesting access to the quiz live on the podcast. Not sure. Let us in. Let us in. access it. Oh, this shows that neither of us tried to look at it before, at least. So we're keeping honest about the quiz, eh? What if she's at the start of a screening of the new James Bond film? We won't get the quiz until half ten. Shit it. <laughs> oh, God. What are we going to do? God, right, this is really putting extra emphasis on my joke. <laughs> Not only is the build-up to your joke uh, just really ramping up, the build-up to the build-up to your joke is now ramping up. Oh, hang on. Amy is typing. She's typing. Don't worry, guys. She can't be watching James Bond. Or can she? Uh, she says, oops, sorry, must have forgot to open it. I'm supposed to be good at technology. Yes, well, Amy? I mean, you're going to hear this when the podcast comes out. We're literally just having a live WhatsApp chat with you on the podcast now. I have access. Amy says, fire me. For, yeah, so Amy works for a large, large technology company. In fact, the company that, I mean, she works for Google, the company that literally is hosting this quiz on the Google Doc. So, um. I'll be having a word with your boss is what I'm saying. Right, let's do the quiz. Right, are you ready? Yes. Question one. How long does Monica estimate it will take Ben to grow out of the shoes she's bought him? Oh, like five minutes or something? Incorrect. It's what is it? It's 20. 20 minutes. Uh, question two. Who does Monica pretend she's on the phone to her the jewish friend not jew yeah what's jew. the jewish friend uh, eddie moskowitz i think is correct Lovely. uh question three what toy does ben have after his naps well that's funny clown funny clown yeah his material looks very dry to me because it doesn't <laughs> look funny not at all no uh question four what are the names of rachel's two colleagues who think monica did a terrible thing by going out with julie Oh, wasn't it Joanna? And then she put her on to Steve? Steve and Joanne. Joanne, not Joanna. Well, it's not that Joanna, is it? Because she's... Oh, cause she doesn't work there yet. Yes, the, the timeline's all off. Oh, bums. All right, I'm going to give half a mark. There's a right and a wrong. We've got Steve, not Joanne. <laughs> that was confusing. Yeah. Finally, question five. What's Ombre Man's name? Todd. Is correct. Yes, good. All right, solid. Solid performance on the quiz, but the quiz was really only the opening act to... I don't even have a joke. ...next week's episode, Peter. Tell us the episode first, and then tell us your excellent play on words to make it Halloween-y. That's... I don't... No? Nope. Okay, hang on. <laughs> I'm um... really excited by this. Uh, hey, Pete, what's on next week's episode, episode-wise? Um. Well, right, do you know what? What I will say is... Uh, given it's the last episode of the series, yep. like, wouldn't it be good to like do a really good episode? Brilliant, yeah, it'd be really good. Or like a themed one, or like a finale, or like a Halloween one, you know, because then it's Halloween, anything like that. Any of those? Next week we're doing the one where Joey dates Rachel. 
<laughs> Which, um, I suppose you could say is a horror show in itself. Or something along those lines. Um... <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.